Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome. I'm Diane Mettler, Executive Director of the Pacific Logging Congress. And in this episode of Talking Timber, we will be speaking to Mike Closey, Director of Forestry of OFRI, Oregon Forest Resource Institute. And he'll be telling us about the amazing things the organization is up to. In the meantime, I want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation, who are also doing some amazing educational things, like this podcast. Both organizations are dedicated to sound, technical forest education. Also want to remind everyone that the Pacific Forest Foundation gives away thousands of dollars in scholarships each year, and application season is now. If you or someone you know is studying in a forestry-related field, visit www.pacificforestfoundation.org and access the registration online. Okay, now let's hear from Mike Closey. So I'm a forester, um, have my undergraduate degree at Iowa State University, master's in silviculture at Oregon State University, um, worked for a couple of different Indian tribes in Oregon and Washington as a forester and a silviculturist. And in around 1987, I went to work for Oregon State University Extension as a forestry extension agent, um, worked in Douglas County in the Roseburg area, Lane County in the Eugene area, and then on campus for the, my last five years with them. And about 17 years ago, um, I had been working with Oregon Forest Resource Institute as a contractor with OSU, and they had the position open of the director of forestry, and I took that position, and it's been just incredible. It's a, it's the funnest job in the world. Uh, I get to teach about forestry, write about forestry, and just talk about forestry. And like my favorite thing in the world is to talk about forestry. So it's a good job for me. Can you tell me a little bit about OFRI? We're a state agency, um, semi-independent, kind of modeled on the commodity commissions that they have in agriculture, like there's a wheat commission and a dairy commission, and they're all paid for by the producer of the crop, and their mission in those situations is to market the crop. Ours is a little different. We're paid for by producers, by uh, timber owners, timber forest land owners, paid on a tax when timber is harvested. But our mission is not to market timber or, or wood, but to educate. And our, our sole purpose is to educate Oregonians and larger audiences about forestry and how it's done, why it's done, um, what we do. We have three main audiences. The first is the general public, and that includes policymakers, legislators, and, and all of those sorts, and the media is a big part of it. And we produce uh, television, educational ads, we produce publications, we do a lot of social media. We have incredible videos that we put out, and that's our public ed. Then we have a, a K-12 to where we work with teachers and students and support programs that educate teachers and students about forestry, and we do some ourselves. In fact, as part of that program in Silverton, where I'm based, Silverton, Oregon, we have a small um, education forest, about 15 acres, 
at the Oregon Garden. And we have about 6,000 fifth graders that come here a year on field trips, and we have wow. educators that, that lead them through. And that's a really fun thing, hands-on. So that's our K-12. to And then our final area is landowner education. And, and I think that's kind of the area we're talking about on this podcast. Um, and we view forest landowners as a pretty big group. It includes the small woodland owners, which is the traditional group, but we also include professional foresters and we include operators such as loggers and tree planters and firefighters and, and others. So so when, what's one of the recent projects that you thought was pretty fun? Well, two of the ones we're working on right now are, are really exciting. One is uh, called Trees to Tap, and it's uh, a working with uh, Oregon State University scientists, and we're doing two things. We're, we're studying the relationship between forest management and drinking water quality. And we're doing it in two different ways. One was by a series of surveys and interviews with the managers of community drinking water systems in Oregon um, that use surface water and especially that use it from forests. So that was a big part. Then the other part was just uh, academic review of the literature looking at all the, the work that's been done on sedimentation related to roads and logging, um, chemicals getting in the water, um, looking at um, organic matter. Therefore, okay. And then the fourth one was water quantity, how after logging, the amount of water in the streams changes. So that's been a fun one, trees to tap, and it's we'll have a science report we're doing, and then we're going to do a special report to aim it at the public. Uh, we're going to do a conference for, for landowners um, in October with OSU, and that's been a fun one. This, this water project, that going to be something that's going to be available to folks soon or before October that they could check out or? So on our webpage, um, oregonforest.org, um, we have a water subpage on there, and that's where it will be listed. Right now, we're working on the special report, which is our kind of glossy 20-page uh, report. I think it's going to be 24 pages in this situation that you know kind of aims at the public, and that's going to be out in April or May. Then we're doing a tour in June, and then the final book, um, isn't going to be it's, we're, that is going to be published by Oregon State University, and that process takes a little longer. That'll be out in August. So the other one that we're working on we call uh, Carbon in Oregon's Managed Forests, and this uh, also starts as a book. We've got four different scientists plus me that are involved. We're not looking at the whole carbon picture, but we're just looking at the relationship between carbon and forestry and wood products. So we have a chapter on the forest inventory and analysis at the U.S. Forest Service has just completed a project for the state of Oregon. It's a carbon inventory. They're looking at all the carbon that's stored in the forest different by different landowners, different parts of the state, how much is in live trees, how much is in downwood, that sort of stuff. So okay. it's pretty comprehensive. And in this report, we compare what they're finding in Oregon to what they found in Washington and California. And we also compare it to the amount of carbon that's going off into the air as a pollution from emissions. So that's one chapter that we have a chapter on how to manage forests to improve carbon. And there's been a lot of work done on this at the international level. And there's pretty straightforward, you know, plant more trees, um, 
do more thinning, prevent wildfires, you know, a lot of the stuff yeah. that we just think of as good forestry actually stores more carbon. Then we have a really good chapter that's very thorough on wood products, which as OFRI, one of the things we do is we work with the public and we did a series of focus groups to talk about carbon with the public and the public does not get the carbon story at all. So what is it that they really need to understand about it? <laughs> they understand that climate change may be happening. They understand that CO2, you know, that comes as emissions from fossil fuels, they get that. But the fact that forests can take carbon from the air and store it in the trees and store it in wood products, it's like their eyes get really big. That's <laughs> incredible. And, and it really is. I mean, it's such a gift we have in forests and in wood products. And right now, it's probably more important than ever. But there is a lot of information out there. And there's just some a real excitement in, in building community right now that yeah. the architects and engineers want to build buildings with a lot of wood because they understand that wood is better for the environment than the alternative products you know, steel and concrete. So that's been a real driver. And so what we're trying to do in, in this chapter of the book is to put some real science behind this. So it's not just, you know, yeah. people can feel good about it, but you know, what are the, what are the facts? And, and then the final chapter, which I think is really interesting right now is, is what are the markets? Um, you know, if a landowner wants to say store more carbon rather than cut the trees, you know, what can they get for it? And how does the market, um, what are the incentive programs that can help people, you know, put land back into trees that's been in agriculture, say, for, for decades? You know, are there programs to help that? So we talk a lot about the markets and the incentives. And, and then we work from there and we'll have videos for both the water one and the, the carbon. We'll have videos, mm -hmm. we'll have um, Oh, social media posts, we'll have memes, we'll have messages, we'll try to, to really get the word out and then always point people back to our webpage and, you know, what's, what's the science behind this? Because I think that's really important for what we do is we, we communicate to people about the benefits of forestry and, the, you know, what needs to happen in forestry. But everything we do, we try to have based on science because um, that's really the key. It's pretty easy to just say anything you want, but when you have to have the numbers to back it up. <clears throat> so I was going to say you're, you guys work really hard at communicating to everybody. Um, what are some of the challenges of reaching a diverse audience? I would say right now that we've had a, a big change in, in the way our outreach is. Um, traditionally, everything we did was print media and TV commercials. Um, right now, there are a lot of people that don't watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> or if they do, they, they watch it on the Internet. And so we've needed to, you know, find different channels. And luckily, we have really smart people that know what those channels are. Um, the other thing that we found is people don't read as much as they used to. Is we have on our website, we probably have a hundred different videos, and they're they're from short ones that are like ninety seconds long, that you know go really good on YouTube and yeah. spread by social media. And we have you know five minute ones, we have ten minute ones. But for instance, one of the I think one of the best outreaches we've done relates to the Oregon Forest Practice Rules. 
the, the rules that are in place to protect water and wildlife and soil and stuff as we manage our forests and do timber harvest. Um, we put together a really big book that's designed for foresters and operators. It's called the Illustrated Manual of the Oregon Forest Protection Laws. It's like 180 pages long, just full of pictures, and, and it's really good for those people. But we also need something to, to reach the, the public. So we put yeah. together a special report on that called Rules to Live By. And then you know, I think in one of our best web pages that we've ever put together, it's called Oregon forestlaws.org and it's really just set up in nine chapters about what the forest protection laws are for Oregon. So how are you able to target your audience there? So we're able to with our educational advertising on TV we're able to say well what shows do those people watch and then we buy the ads on those shows. We're able to send out say a social media post and you can actually it's incredible now you can choose your demographic you can say i want this to go to people in washington county that are females between the ages of 18 and 30 and boom that's who it goes to and then of course they share it but it's just i don't think there's ever been a point where we have as much potential with the media as we do now the other thing is that we've had to learn, and I think we've learned it pretty well, is you can't have the same message and the same media and the same feel for different audiences. If, okay. if we're doing this message on forestry and water quality and we're reaching politicians, you'll need one sort of framework to talk about it. If you're reaching you know, homeowners, it's another. If you're reaching high school kids, it's a whole other. And so mm-hmm. what we've tried to do is develop a series of, tools um, that that reach out to those. And so like a good example, one of my favorite tools that we've developed and we started this about five years ago is little videos called forest fat breaks. And they're actually cartoons. They kind of remind you if you ever watched the show South Park, they're done in that kind of a style. So they're kind of, you know, they're not like Mickey Mouse cartoons. They're more like this kind of uh, artistic kind of thing. Okay. And if you just go to our website, OregonForest.org, and go to the video page and scroll down on them, we have probably 15 of them. Okay. They've developed over time. And, like, there's one on clear cutting. There's one on um, forest management. There's one on wildlife, one on water. And these, you know, we design them, like, at sixth grade level. But I tell you, when I do a presentation for adults, I'll slip a few of these in my PowerPoint, and they love them. Hi, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and Pacific Logging Congress. This year, the Pacific Logging Congress will be having its annual convention in Palm Springs, November 8th through the 11th. To find out more, just check out the website, www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, back to Mike. And so for how how large is OFRI? How many people are involved in the organization? (sighs) There's only eight of us. Wow. Oh, you guys get a lot done. We do, but we also work with um, a lot of partners. We have, we work like in our landowner education. There, there are only two of us 
involved in that program, but we work very closely with the OSU Extension Service, with the Oregon Department of Forestry, Oregon Small Woodlands, Society of American Foresters, kind of anybody else that lives and breathes landowner education. We, we work with them and, and we're able to share our resources. It sounds like OSU is one of your partners too, a big one. They are a big partner. And that was kind of when we were set up, um, two of the things that the legislation ensured is that we were connected to the Oregon policy. So we have a liaison with uh, the state forester and then the OSU College of Forestry. So the dean okay. of the OSU College of Forestry is, is on our board, and we've just worked really closely with them. We also have some contractors that we work with. Obviously, we don't make our own TV educate educational advertising. We need professionals that do that. And then a couple of others we've worked with is uh, Oregon Women in Timber and their Talk About Trees program. That's been very successful and we're able to be a major funder for them. And they do this terrific outreach to grade school kids that would be impossible for us to do. But they have a, a network of, you know, 10 facilitators or so that get out there in the classrooms and just make a huge difference. So that's really the key. And do you have any projects on the horizon that you're excited about that, that you've mentioned the ones that you're working on, but ones that are coming yeah. up? Well, we have one we just developed an outline for, and it's about fire. And oh. fire, you know, carbon is a huge issue. Water is a huge issue. But when you talk to people in the West right now, fire is the issue related to our forests. And so we call it living with fire, and okay. it's going to be a couple different parts. One is going to be our typical special report. We're, we're, we're targeting rural Oregonians, um, especially that live in forested communities. Um, and we're looking at how to make your forest more fire resilient and how to make your home fire safe. So we're working again closely with our, our partners with OSU Extension, who has a major fire program that they're starting, working with Oregon Department of Forestry, who obviously been in fire business for a long time, and with Keep Oregon Green, um, who's which is a nonprofit with the message of, you know, like Smokey Bear kind of stuff. Okay. So very, very good partners, and we're going to have both a publication, we're going to have some tours, and really focus on both to let the public know and to let the landowners know what has been done. There's been a lot of incredible work done. Um, and we're probably going to do a lot of this focus in, in Southern Oregon around the Medford area because there's partners there that we've worked with. There's also quite a bit in Northeast Oregon that's been going on. And Yeah. So for these tours, um, say somebody said, hey, I'd, I'd love to go on one. Can anybody go or do you have a select folks yeah. that go on your tours? They, they do. They'll be open. And we we do it through our, our newsletter, be advertised through our newsletter. Okay. Um, which again, you can, if you go to OregonForest.org, you can sign up for our newsletter, which comes out monthly. But yeah, these will be open. And, and back up a little bit, you were talking about your website and it sounds like there is a lot of good information on it. Um, are there things there that you see are getting a lot of traction from people? You see people are really going and checking out? Yeah. Um, one of the things we have on, on our website, we actually have five websites, believe it or not. Wow, okay. We have one, our public website is the OregonForest.org, and that's our, that's our main one. And there we have a lot of our special reports and our videos. And I would say that is probably what gets the most 
uses. People go there and download publications and order publications and can watch watch the videos. Um, the other thing we have is ability to search. And we've tried to, again, we, we use a really smart contractor when we built our website and we tried to set it up so it was very searchable by Google and, and other search engines. But we try to, you know, we kind of have the website organized in four main areas. The one is what we call forest basics. And that's where you learn about trees, what kind of trees there are. You learn about, um, you know, what kind of products there are. You learn about all of, you know, what photosynthesis is and how it works, those kind of things. And then we have a, a section on forest management where we talk about logging. We talk about silviculture. We talk about the economy of forestry. Then we have the educational programs, and this is where we list, you know, all of our publications, all of our um, graphics, all of our videos, that sort of stuff. Then the final one is uh, the, the boring one that's about over, <laughs> which kind of shows who our board members are, who our staff is, how to contact us. But we also have our blog there, and that's also where you would sign up if you wanted to get on our newsletter. That's okay. where where we, we have that. So. That's pretty straightforward. And then we have a, a whole newsletter that's really just designed for teachers, and it's called learnforest.org. And the cool thing there that we've done, and this is, I can brag about it because I didn't do it, but they <laughs> developed what they called the, the Forest Literacy Plan for Oregon. And working with some contractors and staff and board members, they sat down with teachers and other educators and said, if a person's going to graduate 12th grade in Oregon with a high school diploma, what do they need to know about forestry? And really drew the big picture of what people need to learn. And then they took a step back and said, okay, at what grade should you learn it? You know, you obviously need to learn about, you know, the simple stuff when you're young and the more complex stuff when you're old. And so they organized kind of the thinking of forestry into this plan. Then they've identified on the website so what are some field trips you can go on to learn this? What are some publications you can do to do this? What are some of the programs that could bring people into your classroom to learn about? What's a museum you could go to? And they have all of those things on the website. Wow. And then the most exciting thing, and I think one of the, the things that's really made a difference is we provide bus funding. So if a teacher wants to take their fourth grade class to the World Forestry Center Museum and they're going to have to take a bus, well, that's not in the school budget. But we have a, a real simple program that they just apply and, you know, we, we pay for busing to go to forestry thing. Oh, I know that the Pacific Logging Congress has uh, tapped you for some buses. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a, exactly the kind of thing that we would love to see teachers take their kids to. So that's a perfect opportunity. Yeah. Then we also have a, another website designed for landowners and uh, operators. It's called Know Your Forest. And there we kind of have a part where we look at, okay, what are the conferences and workshops that are available to people? What are the publications that are available to people? What kind of help is available? We have a neat part on there where we have a map of the state of Oregon. You can click on your county, and then it lists, you know, who your stewardship forester is, what watershed council is in your county, um, what consulting foresters are in your county, all of that kind of stuff to help landowners learn about resources. And then the final thing we have on there 
that I think has been really fun is what we call a learning library. And we have like 10 different subjects like timber harvest, um, tree planting, um, fire. And then on the, then you click on the subject and it takes you, you know, deeper into the site to a, a landing page about that subject. Wow. And we've identified a subject matter expert who's usually from either OSU Extension or OFRI or Oregon Department of Forestry. We have a collection of videos. We have a collection of publications. And then and we have contact information. So if you have a question, you can you can go to an expert. So it's been, yeah, I think oh, the web wow. has been huge for us because it 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 gives us a place to send people. So whenever you see like an OFRI educational ad or a, or a, something in a magazine, we always at the bottom have our website and uh, it makes a huge difference. So for you, what has been a couple of the highlights in your career with OFRI personally? Mm. I think uh, we did a fire tour last year. Um, so this was, this was aimed at legislators. I'll give you a couple different ones for small okay. and for, yeah. for large. So this was a tour we did for legislators last uh, uh, October in Bend. And we actually had uh, Senator Merkley and his staff attend that. So that was pretty cool to have a, a standing U.S. senator attending your tour. Um, we also had several state representatives and senators. So it was one of our, our most successful tours for talking to um, policymakers. And it was about fire and collaboratives and, and you know, prescribed burning and all of those kind of issues. It was a really fun tour. So that, you know, since that was my last huge success, that, that stands <laughs> out for me. I, and I would say in my career, I've been at this forestry education business for almost 40 years. Yeah. Um, early on, when you talk to a small woodland owner, the most important thing to them was timber and logs and money. And that's yeah. still important, it's still on the list. But to people nowadays, I mean, it's scenic beauty, it's uh, forest health, it's wildlife, it's water. So they're a lot more, you know, focused on the, the non-timber amenities, but they still understand that in order to have a healthy forest, in order to have clean water, in order to have good wildlife habitat, you need to manage the forest. And that's been a really fun thing is, is to talk to people about forest management, but through the lens of the non-timber amenities, through the lens of, okay, so you want to have wildlife. A um, good example is songbirds. Um, we talk a lot in this, you know, forestry in Oregon about preserving old growth and all of that. But when you look at our, our species, the species that group that may be one of the most at risk are are songbirds, you know, the neotropical mm -hmm. migratory songbirds that everybody loves, like uh, the, the white-crowned sparrow, for example. These birds thrive in forest openings. Mm -hmm. So if there's no disturbance, no clear-cut, no logging, no fire, there's no habitat for some of these birds. So, you know, it's just a whole thing of, you know, not only is it okay <laughs> to do some disturbance, but you're actually making room for a species that is in decline and we need to have room for it. So that's been really, you know, as a fun thing to talk about and to get people fired up about, they just, people love wildlife. Well, you are doing a lot of fun stuff with Ofer. We are. It's, it's like I said earlier, this is the, the funnest job in the world and they actually pay me to do this. <laughs> and they also have given us a lot of, we have a lot of freedom. 
You know, we identify um, what the what the problems are. We identify how to address them, and and we we get the resources to do them. And our board's been fantastic. Um, our series of executive directors have been fantastic. They they hire really good people, and they have high expectations of us, but they let us do it. And and the, as a as a worker, there's nothing more fun than you know really believing what you're trying to accomplish, having the resources to do it, and having um, bosses that support you. We want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress for making this podcast possible. And we want to thank again Mike Closey for taking time out to be part of Talking Timber. If you have any ideas for speakers or topic ideas, please feel free to send them to me at diane at pacificloggingcongress.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>